0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horribly Happy. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Sophie. And we are back at it for another week. Hello again. Hello again. Happy October. Happy October. And I officially finished my 10-mile race, so we're going to chat about Woo. that a little bit. Um. And yeah, just uh, excited for another week. Yeah, Jenna ran yesterday, Sunday
1: um killed it did <laughs> awesome it was super fun watching and chasing her around um great running weather I mean arguably morning, almost so. too
0: warm but you run in the morning
1: so it feels yeah. good.
0: it was perfect for me but the marathoners it was maybe a little bit too warm I don't yeah know, it was perfect it was literally perfect so I got up at five thirty. um wanted to have my morning coffee, you know, wake up a little bit. So I did that. And then Zach went and dropped me off at the race downtown Minneapolis. And it was just like such a cool vibe. I mean, you ran, you ran the 10 mile and the marathon, so you get it. Mm-hmm. But it's like a huge event. Like you truly feel like the whole community is like out there. I mean,
1: Uh, yeah, more people run the 10 mile than the marathon. So it's like really packed at the beginning of the race.
0: Yes. And they let everybody in because it's the 40th anniversary of Twin Cities in Motion, which is like who puts this on. Um, Was that why they let everyone in? I think so. Yeah.
1: Oh, I was wondering.
0: Yeah. So typically it's a lottery, like you have to get chosen, but they let everybody in so there was four different like groups that you could be a part of and I put myself in the last group because I was like really nervous and didn't know how fast I would run um I think I would do that in the future or put myself in the third tier I mm-hmm. think I said I was gonna run an 11 minute mile because I wasn't sure and I was just so nervous mm-hmm. and I definitely yeah that was way way too slow for my pace yeah I I wasn't much faster, but like I did speed ahead, but um, in
1: running terms, seconds make a big difference. So you were much faster than, yeah.
0: but um, I like also when I got there, I got nervous and also put myself in the back of that line. Yeah. Well.
1: So and I then was- you're just kind of crowded as you're like getting started and like dodging yeah. through people.
0: Yeah. I was in the 1230 minute or 1230 pace. Oh okay. <laughs> wow. Um, like there was a sign that was like, you know, they they have like pacers. So there's a sign with yes twelve thirty, and I was like, okay, I'll just be here. And no, obviously, immediately, I'm like weaving through everybody. So that was a mistake on my end, but it's really cool. Like all of downtown is like the whole street that you start on is closed, and there's just like thousands of people. Um, and it was, what time did my race start? 7.20. So it was already like really nice out by 7.20. So I didn't like, you know, you, we didn't need to be like bundled up or anything, which was super nice. Mm -hmm. And I started off feeling so good. I ran like miles one through five. I feel like I blinked and they were done. Yeah. And I saw you guys around mile two which was really fun and i feel like i was just like really feeling it and like speeding through like i definitely had my best pacing on miles one through five and we saw you on a hill so you had to run up the hill was i on a hill well it was just
1: getting onto that bridge was a slight incline
0: okay yeah i like actually like a lot of it was uphill but it didn't seem too bad actually because it was more of a gradual hill so i had a few different cheer squads which was awesome and it just gave me the nice boost so shout out thank you all so much for coming Um, but then after mile five, I started to, I think mile six, I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel tired. So I had like one of those goos where it's supposed to give you like added energy, but I was also when we had the opportunity, like every other time on top of the goo, I was having the electrolytes as you were running by yeah I don't know if like maybe I had too many electrolytes with the goo plus the electrolytes because by mile 10 or like not mile 9 um I was dizzy and I was confused because like my body felt good but my head felt dizzy and I don't know if it was just like all the adrenaline and excitement or whatnot but like I definitely had enough to drink because I was hydrated so I know mm-hmm. I wasn't like dehydrated, but I don't know. It was weird. I finished no problem. And like mile 10, mile nine was a good mile for me. Or would it be mile 10? Yeah, mile 10. No. Mile nine. Mile nine. Yeah. Nine. <laughs> it was a good one for me, but I was just like confused. So maybe I need to take it easy on the electrolytes next time. I'm not quite sure. Um Yeah, we talked about this actually because um
1: which I should do a story on this now that we're yeah, on the topic about like overhydration versus dehydration and how the symptoms are very similar, but overhydration is much scarier because your brain swells and it's so much harder to um, like undo the overhydration Um, because I was telling you that, well, I'm not a very good water drinker on like the regular. I mean, obviously I drink water throughout the day, but um, not enough probably quote unquote, right. how much you should have. And when I ran the marathon that week, the week leading up to it, I really prioritized drinking water because I wanted to be hydrated. And I had headaches like every day. And I think it's because I was actually overhydrating. because one, my body's not used to it. And two, I was like, especially pushing water. I mean, obviously like we were fine and whatnot, but it's a thing. It's a yeah. real thing.
0: No, it really is. But yeah, I I felt fine. I was just like, okay, noted. Maybe I overdone it there because on my other long runs I did training. I never felt like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it was so fun. And like it's a big deal. Like, especially for the marathon, the streets are flooded with people cheering you on. So it wasn't quite that way for the 10 mile, because it's before the marathon, but there was still a lot of people out. Mm-hmm. And, um and I've just felt like very accomplished at the end, but all, I had like mixed feelings of like that's the furthest I've ever run. And I um, am proud of myself for that. But then also like the marathon course merges with the 10 mile course um, on, at yeah. mile six. <laughs> so, so it shows the marathon is mile 20 and the 10 miles mile six. So you you just like feel like you're working so hard. And then all of a sudden you see like, oh, like I'm on mile six and the marathoners <laughs> will be on mile 20 at this point. You know what I mean? It just kind of felt funny.
1: Yeah. Um, yes, that's so true. But also it's all training subjective, no, you know, for
0: sure. And that's the thing. Like my time was exactly what I trained for. So I got I had a 10 minute, 27 second pace per mile. Mm-hmm literally exactly what I trained for. I was training a a 1035. Mm -hmm. I ran it in one hour and 44 minutes. Like exactly what I trained for. And then afterwards, I was still kind of disappointed. Like, oh, why didn't I go faster? Why didn't I get under 10? And it's like, because you didn't train for under 10. You trained for over 10.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you finished that race feeling good and accomplished. And I think like you were tired yesterday and I'm sure you're tired today, but we rather do that than like push yourself so hard that you injure yourself. No, or... I, know.
0: I feel like it's just like my competitive nature. Yeah,
1: like, for sure.
0: Which is for okay. Sure. But I was just like, I just have to take this as a win. <laughs> yeah. But definitely. also I like sometimes I compare my mile pace right now, which is obviously slow compared to some standards, mm-hmm. which, which is still good that I'm just out there running, but like it's a slow mile pace. So I look at like what I was running a few years ago, which was like sometimes an eight-minute mile. But I was like, that was when I was like training for basketball, and also before yeah. I had Lyme's disease. So when I got Lyme's, it like literally made me so much slower. I'm convinced that's what made me slower. It was like yeah. immediately when I was diagnosed with that, I had like a residual one where it wasn't like cured within the well, and of it, it's like what initially
1: it's what initially brought you into the doctors because you were feeling so fatigued and tired. And you were like, I'm in college sports. Like I shouldn't be feeling this way right now. Like I'm in shape.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. So even after I was treated for it, I still like feel like I never got back. Like I still feel so much slower, even if I'm like, like I I feel like I'm in good shape right now. I'm just slow. Yeah. So that's okay. I'm really proud of myself. It was really fun. The last two miles. Actually, I would say the last two miles were fun because I was like two miles. That's nothing. I got that. Mile six and seven. I was like, frick this. Like,
1: Because it's like the tired is setting in and you're realizing you're just a little over halfway versus being at like mile eight where you're like, "Okay, two more miles. Like I can do that. That will fly by. Like when you're at like mile six, you're like,
0: yeah, more minutes." Exactly. Because I was mile one through five. I was like this is awesome. I'm doing so well. And then six and seven, I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like thinking of it minute wise, but I know you did that right with, with your yeah. training. I don't like yeah. thinking of it like that. I like thinking of it mile wise. Yeah. I think but I was just thinking
1: there- lots of things, yeah. <laughs> lots of comparisons. Um, no, it was a lot of fun. I'm so glad you ran it. I've actually never watched a 10 mile before. Cause I ran it and then the marathon. So I've never really been a spectator. So that was great. I would. Have you been a spectator
0: for the marathon
1: though? Well, when I ran the 10 mile, I came back and then watched my roommate at the time. She was running the marathon. So I caught her, um, the last few miles of the marathon. So (laughs) I did, but like, I did the same thing. I ran the 10 mile, then I got breakfast brunch with my family and then the marathon's still going on so then you go right and caught the end of it so I guess like I have kind of spectated but
0: not without running as well got it somebody ran the marathon multiple people ran the marathon quicker than I ran my 10 mile I know it's nuts devastating yeah <laughs> But no, Not I, you know. these no, people I, are
1: professionals. No, I know
0: they're literally professionals. Like, I Googled who they were and I was like, oh, this is an Olympian. This yeah. is literally they're in the Olympics. Okay. <laughs> so, no, it was like literally so much fun. And it made me want to, I don't know about a marathon, but I definitely think I would like to do another 10 mile and also possibly look into a half marathon. But that's about where I'm at right now. Nice.
1: Yeah. Well, lots of fun running opportunities and races here in the Twin Cities. Um, I would consider the 10 mile again, for sure. It's such a good distance. It's like mm-hmm. it feels so
0: manageable. Yeah. And I feel like, like you're not just like completely. is isn't like too bad. Like, yeah, you know, if you miss a few runs or whatever, and then your long runs are like, it's not like your long runs are like 15 miles or whatever they are when you're training for a marathon, your long runs go up to like eight or nine miles. And yeah, that's like. Twice, yeah,
1: um, yeah. It was it was a good weekend. Really felt like fall. The leaves are turning. Although it is still seventy five degrees today, so the weather has hasn't been consistently chilly yet.
0: Yeah, don't jinx us. It's been a lovely fall. Yeah, October, September twenty second, I believe, is the beginning of fall officially. Um, this weekend was my first weekend in Minneapolis. I feel like in like literally months, like. I've been so busy. We've both been so busy. Yeah. Like weddings, you know, cabins, whatever. Oh, yeah.
1: Showers, bachelorette parties, just lots going on. It's all been fun, but it's busy.
0: So fun. Um, but I, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Hannah's wedding is October 22nd. And then after that, and I mean- Jordan. Oh, yeah, him too. <laughs> it's October 22nd. And then, so we have some things planned but not like all weekend long so it's gonna be so nice just to have like life start calming down a little bit after hannah and jordan's wedding i don't have any other friends that are like engaged to be married i do have like a celebration next labor day but Mm -hmm. after that like i really like this weekend i went to nine weddings or sorry this year i went to nine weddings i counted um so oh, next year is going to be a lot calmer, I think, but maybe more baby showers and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, right. It'll just transition into something else, I'm right. sure. Um, yeah, I did not go to that as many weddings, but I do feel like somehow my weekends were still... I had more free weekends this summer than you did, but I do feel like your weekends do fill up for whatever reason, for whatever is going on. So it'll be nice. Like this weekend, I... We got dinner Friday with a couple other friends. Shout out Sam and Lauren. All right, um, And But Saturday, like, I just, like, ran some errands, did some housekeeping things. Granted, I was getting up early to watch your race, but I was like, wow, this is nice.
0: Yeah, it felt good. Like, Saturday, Zach and I went to Home Depot and got some materials to make a headboard, which we're halfway through, so I'll send you pictures of that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's just, like, kind of fun. Now we can just, like chill work on some house projects. Um also mine and Zach's new resolution with each other is to Ooh. once a month we'll alternate switch planning a date night.
1: Ooh I love
0: whatever. Um, yeah. We hang out all the time. Like we live together and we like spend intentional time together every day whether it's eating dinner together or watching a show or going on a walk, whatever. But this past three or four months, we, like, it literally felt like every time we did something outside of the house, it was just, we were with a hundred people or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. We never did It was anything. socializing. Yeah. 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 So our now that our lives are calming down a little bit, we're going to intentionally do that once a month, which should be very manageable. Like that's, that's 12 times a year. So I mean,
1: I think a lot of couples do something like that. And a lot of marriage advice I've heard is to like never stop dating each other. So I think yes. that's like an awesome idea and like fun. I mean,
0: yes. So Zach um, volunteered to take October and I'm doing November. So nice. we we'll, we shall update you then.
1: Can't I did also see it.
0: a TikTok that was like, um, one, do alternate, one do two things a month. One thing outside the house and one thing inside the house. Oh. Well, like Zach and I, I don't know, we do things inside all the time. So we don't, yeah. I don't know if we really need that, but maybe if we start getting bored of the things that we're doing, we can. Yeah. Edit. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Fair. Like, um, great idea. I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of brainstorming. And it, it doesn't have to be like, we don't even have to spend money. It could just be like, you know, biking and having a picnic or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Or, like going to like a free art museum. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be like an expensive thing or like we yeah. could do like a little Airbnb or like something like that. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah.
1: That's fun. I like it. Picasso.
0: <laughs> exactly. Hmm.
1: Yeah, Gosh, well, I don't have many other updates. Um me either.
0: Let's get into the stories.
1: Yeah, mine's pretty long. So I think we can get into it. Mine's long and I was like trying to cut it down.
0: Okay, awesome. That's how our horrible stories should be.
1: Yeah. Um so I was inspired to do mine because I started watching the new Jeffrey Dahmer show on oh, Netflix. God. So I'm doing Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh
0: God. <laughs> this guy is like worst of the worst of the worst.
1: Yeah. So um, my source this week is I just went off of Wikipedia and I will talk about the Netflix show, but it is like a dramatic dramatization dramatization um and i don't think it's like necessarily accurate and whatever so i didn't really want to use that as a legit source because it's not like a documentary it's right was it not evan Peters? peters so from american horror story
0: yeah and i remember that I don't know if that show is still going on, but I loved season one and two, and then like after that, I was like, I don't I, do this anymore.
1: I don't know either, but I did really like a couple seasons as well, but then there was a couple dud seasons.
0: I thought the one with well, the the first one is like the haunted house, right? That one's right. by far the scariest. But I loved the Asan Asylum. I know that's not yeah, easy, but the one with Sarah Paulson. I think it was just called Asylum. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah those were nuts. I, wa-
1: I tried watching the circus one, couldn't. Ugh, me either. I watched the hotel one with Lady Gaga. That was actually decent. And I, I liked the I coven. I watch that one.
0: The coven no, was like the witch's one. Was, but okay. kind of like in the haunted house one, where like, doesn't the mom like have sex with the creature or something like that in the haunted house? Yeah, something like that. And it's like... <laughs> It's kind of like Black Mirror-esque where, like, yeah, you have to keep watching. Like, I know that was weird. Just keep watching. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's when I tell people to watch Black Mirror. It's the first... Because did you ever watch Black Mirror? I don't remember. I have watched some of it, but I didn't watch all of it. Okay. The first episode is so, so, so messed up. Oh, is that the pig one in the mirror? Yeah. And none of the other ones are, like, that kind of show so whenever it's like watch Black Mirror it's like but you don't have to watch it in order like don't watch the first one first because that will just automatically turn you off because you're just like yeah. what the actual heck am I watching yeah anyway. um
1: yeah American Horror Story and like Black Mirror well American Horror Story is not just scary it's like twisted it's like yeah. sick and twisted yes. um so def in some seasons more than others so it's definitely um an acquired taste I guess
0: I saw somebody say that be real the app is like black mirror because yeah they'll be like walking down like a huge like a busy street in New York City and the be real notification will go off yeah. and everybody will just like stop what they're doing and take a picture yeah. which is like um. for those that don't know be real is an app that you take a picture once a day and it notifies you when to take that picture which does mm. feel actually very be real I mean yeah uh, black mirror
1: yeah it's a social media platform. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, I started watching. I haven't finished the Netflix um, show, but it is good. If you're into that thing, I think you people would enjoy it. I, I don't know. It's like really weird to be like, oh, it's so good. I loved Did it. Like that kind
0: of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, well, I do think the actors like-
0: do a good job. Kind of like me, well, you, if you find it interesting, maybe, rather mm. than like that, for example, me with, what's her name now? <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> me with Elizabeth. Um, yeah. I don't love her, but I find her so interesting. Yeah, right. That I will consume anything about her. Yeah. Fair. Yes. Okay. Girl boss. So let's
1: let's get into it. Um, I did cut a lot out. So I recommend listening to podcasts, doing your own research, watching there's documentaries on Netflix too, if you want to learn more. Um, So Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer was born on May 21st, 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He was born the first of two sons to Joyce Annette and Lionel Herbert Dahmer. Sources conflict that Dahmer was deprived of attention as an infant versus him being generally doted on as an infant and toddler by both parents so essentially some sources say he was like well taken care of normal childhood others say that uh, as a baby he was deprived of attention either way as he got older and into grade school and high school it's pretty understood that there was definitely some issues in the home. His mother was known to be tense and greedy for both attention and pity and was often argumentative with everyone around her friends, family, neighbors. And it's stated that Dahmer's mother was actually a hypochondriac and also suffered from depression, which I didn't know the hypochondriac part. Interesting. Um, and they do depict that in the Netflix show. Um, so this led to the need for constant attention, but also spending a lot of time in bed. Um, kind of balancing between the two, and she even reportedly attempted to attempted suicide with uh, Equinil, which I believe is like kind of like a sedative. Mm, okay. Um. Or maybe a depression medication. Anyway, it was like prescribed, but she did OD on it once. Um, Anyway, so once Dahmer entered grade school, the combination of his mother's health issues and his father's frequent work travel, his father traveled a lot for work, the instability of his parents' marriage grew stronger Um, And Dahmer claims that from an early age, he felt unsure of the solidity of the family, recalling extreme tension and numerous arguments between his parents. Netflix definitely portrays a broken home life, his mom being very unstable, his dad not really being around. And then when they are together, screaming, fighting, yelling matches, even physical at times. Mm. So. Dahmer was initially described as an energetic and happy child, but he underwent a double hernia surgery around the age of four, which I also didn't know. And he was noticeably subdued after that procedure and a hernia then,
0: surgery.
1: Yeah. Okay. Double hernia, whatever that means. And in, uh, well, I just like, don't know what double versus. Yeah.
0: I don't know either. <laughs>
1: In in the Netflix show, his dad is shown saying there was like noticeable differences after the hernia surgery. So I don't really know how well known that was or if his parents really did think that had an effect on him, but um, he was known to be quiet and timid in grade school. And in October of 1966, the family moved to Doyleston, Ohio, and his younger brother was born shortly after the move. From an early age, Dahmer showed interest in dead animals and their body parts. And while that isn't the most common interest among young children, Lionel, the father, was thrilled as he believed it reflected a possible future interest in biology. His dad himself was a chemist or in chemistry research. So he Thought it was really cool and, you know,
0: yeah, felt like yeah. he was
1: kind of following in his footsteps. And Lionel even taught him how to dissect and preserve animal bones, which Dahmer quickly turned like took on as a hobby. Eww. I know. Which, as we know now, that can be a problematic sign for
0: your right. adult. But, like, there's a lot of kids who are interested in, like, bugs, insects, mm-hmm. animals. Yep. Your, your sister loves exotic animals, but it's not mm-hmm. in a creepy way. But obviously, looking back at it now, it's like very weird for him to like. That.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, in high school, Dahmer was seen as a bit of an outcast. By the age of 14, he was drinking alcohol all hours of the day and even sneaking it into school. In his teen years, Dahmer re- discovered he was gay, but didn't tell his parents. And he did reportedly have a high school boyfriend. Dahmer would later admit that during his adolescence is when he first started to fantasize about dominating and controlling a completely submissive male partner and would frequently focus on chest and torsos.
0: Wait, can you remind me, like, what years is this? Like, is his childhood, like, in the 70s? It's, so, uh, by the time he's in high school,
1: it's late 60s, early 70s. Okay, I got it. Um maybe mid mid 70s in high school. Um, So yeah, Dahmer's grades eventually declined. And then his parents' marriage did end up failing. And they eventually filed for divorce um, in 1977. And Lionel moved out of the house. Dahmer did graduate high school, but was left to live on his own in the family home after his mother and younger brother moved back to Wisconsin and his father had moved out, like I previously said. So his father moved out because they got divorced and his mom took his younger brother. I'm not completely sure why she felt the need to leave. If it was just like, she wanted to go back to Wisconsin. She just didn't like the vibes in the house. It was starting fresh, but she left Omer. So he as an 18 year old is left in this house alone by himself
0: so she, um, she took the younger brother with.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Strange. Yeah, actually. So it's interesting in the Netflix show, they depict the mother actually struggling from postpartum depression and how that was so unknown in the 60s and 70s, of course. Um, and if it was known, it wasn't I don't know if it was really acknowledged or they had great ways to help women going through that. So they think she just really didn't develop a connection with Jeffrey because she had suffered from postpartum depression. And I think she had a much closer and better relationship with the younger son. Mm. Wow. I know, really sad. <clears throat> so Dahmer committed his first murder in 1978, three weeks after his high school graduation. So again, he's living alone in the house. Yep. He had picked up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks, who was 19 at the time. He lured him back to his house with the pretext of drinking. So after a few hours of drinking and listening to music, Hicks expressed that he wanted to leave, but Dahmer didn't want him to. And... They kind of got into a little altercation of because he wanted to go. And Dahmer actually hit Hicks over the head with a 10-pound dumbbell. Hicks lost consciousness, and Dahmer strangled him to death. He then stripped Hicks' clothes and masturbated over his lifeless body. Oh, uh... Yeah, so it's really his first murder, and kind of the first time he's really acting on these sexual fantasies
0: that um, – he had thought about before okay so i just like saw my face for a second just i like (laughs) for those listeners my face is of utter disgust yeah i like obviously know who jeffrey Dahmer is i don't know his story that well because for like well-known stories sometimes like the more well-known it is the less interested i'm in it i'm i am in it Mm -hmm. because those, they're the worst ones, and I don't really need to hear the gory details and yeah. all that. So, anyways, I don't really, I'm, I'm learning this first for the first time and yeah. I don't like it.
1: Yeah. And you probably wouldn't like the Netflix show, but I digress.
0: Yeah. Cause visually, I hate watching Yeah, stuff like this. Yep. I can listen to it. I cannot watch it.
1: Yeah. So the next day, Dahmer dissects Hicks' body in the basement and later buried the remains in a shallow grave. But weeks later, he unearthed the remains, removed the skin, and later dissolved the flesh in acid and flushed it down the toilet. He also crushed the bones with a sledgehammer and scattered the bone fragments in the woods behind his home.
0: What the fuck? Yeah. That's, ugh.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't matter. How do sense. they
0: know all this? Did he, like, say everything that happened? Mm-hmm. Okay, you're gonna get into all this, okay. Yeah.
1: But that's like obviously not a secret. But yeah, he yeah. was very forthcoming with information.
0: Jeez. That's also gross. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like he's like proud of it. You know what I mean?
1: It's super interesting. Yeah. I we'll get into it. Okay. Okay. So that summer, Lionel discovered that Dahmer was living alone after he returned home one day and enrolled him into the Ohio State University. Um, however, Dahmer dropped out after only three months, and then his father enlisted him in the Army, or strongly encouraged him to enlist in the Army because yeah. he was ATAR at that point. Yeah. Um, Dahmer was deployed to Germany in 1979, but was eventually discharged after being deemed unsuitable for military service. Um he did receive an an honorable discharge, however. Um. Uh they just felt like he wasn't suitable, like I said. And he I don't remember exactly what he did, um, but he like learned about like medication stuff. I think he was kind of like doing the medical stuff for the war. And that comes into play because he learns about sedative medications, which he will later use on his victims. Okay.
0: Um,
1: so Dahmer eventually moved home and he but he continued to struggle with alcohol and was sent to live with his grandmother. His grandmother was apparently the only family member that Dahmer displayed any affection for. So that is very fascinating to me. Oh. Um, at first, the living arrangement was going well. He had gotten a job. He helped with chores and even went to church with his grandmother every Sunday. But soon Dahmer fell back into his old ways of drinking and was even charged with indecent exposure at one point. Um, I think he was like, masturbating at a fair or something in public yeah it was
0: bad you
1: i know i'm sorry for all the words and graphics but i'm just telling the story No,
0: (laughs) you're and you're doing a good job it's just a terrible terrible story yeah horrible
1: one might say um he then kind of became more familiarized with the milwaukee's gay bar scene so he wasn't really like going out at first, but then he was realizing the nightlife, and he discovered the gay bathhouses and bookstores, and became a regular. I'm not really sure what "gay bookstores" necessarily means, but um, do you know what bathhouses are? Yeah, I it's think like we talked about it in a other, in a different episode,
0: but okay. refresh for the listener. So
1: the bathhouses were kind of like a. I don't want to say brothel, but you could like rent a room with your partners kind of like underground. It was geared towards gay people. Um, so you would go pay for like a yes. membership or a room, and then you got to stay there overnight.
0: Well, so you know, where we talked about that in my episode where I highlighted um the relationship of that that older couple in New York City.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
0: happy story.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's participating in the gay scene, the nightlife of Milwaukee. However, he quickly grew frustrated with his sexual encounters as he would get mad that his male partners would move too much during sexual acts. So that's when he began administering sleeping pills to his partners by lacing their drinks. Um, and yeah, so what? Yep. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. And um, it actually didn't take that long for the bathhouses to catch on what was happening. And they quickly revoked his membership slash would recognize him and wouldn't allow him to come back to the bathhouses because I think there is multiple instances when they would have to call like medics on these people who were sedated. Wow. Um, so he then moved to doing these horrible things in a standard hotel. So then in November of 1987, Dahmer had a man, Stephen Twomey, stay in a hotel room with him. He did his usual routine of drugging him and then assaulting him. But when Dahmer woke up the next morning, he saw his victim had been beaten, with, had been beaten in his, wow, sorry. He saw his victim had been beaten and his chest was crushed in and he had black and blue bruises all over. Blood was also seeping from his mouth. So Dahmer woke up confused as his victim is now dead. Dahmer claimed he had no intention or recollection of killing him. So that's like very interesting because he, and I actually believe him because why would he admit to all these other terrible crimes? So I don't really know what happened there. Maybe Dahmer like accidentally took some drugs of his own. I don't really know, but he had no intentions of killing him. And I, I think he was actually like a little shook. Okay. When that happened. Um, but then quickly it really just actually sparked his rampage of murder kind of was just the catalyst of it. And, um, again, he's living with his grandmother. He would continue to lure men into his grandmother's house, slip them with sleeping pills and then strangle them and also assault them. Um, Oh, yeah. Once dead, he would perform sexual acts and then dismember the body in the basement, claiming he was practicing taxidermy on animals to his his grandmother's
0: house. Yeah, Uh, is straight up vile. Yep.
1: So his, his grandmother eventually forced him to move out due to his drinking behavior and the bad smells from the basement. So she just thought she like hated his hobby. But he also was, you know, coming home late hours. He was drunk, drinking all the time. So Dahmer moved into a one bedroom apartment. Shortly after moving, Dahmer was arrested for drugging and sexually fondling a 13 year old boy who actually escaped Dahmer before he was killed. Um, Lionel, the father, Dahmer's father, hired an attorney. He was a
0: survivor. And yeah, like he wasn't killed. Right. Okay, yeah.
1: So the 13 boy survived. But Dahmer was arrested for that. And Lionel, Dahmer's dad act, like had hired an attorney and had Dahmer <clears throat> go under psychological evaluations because his dad's like, this is, you know, not okay, right. Like why is he um sexually assaulting a child? Um <clears throat> and um, during the psychological evaluations, it was found that, Dahmer had feelings of alienation and was a very impulsive individual. And um, Wikipedia noted that he was maybe even diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder, although <clears throat> it didn't say like he for sure was. So I don't really know, but clearly, like something, you know, was going on here. Right. Um, so Dahmer eventually pled guilty and was sentenced to five years probation and had to register as a sex offender. So he didn't actually serve like jail time. He just was on probation. So he gets five years probation and is registered as a sex offender. And in between the trial and sentencing, he kills his fifth victim. So I know I like have skipped over some victims and haven't gotten to a lot of detail, but it's just, there's so many, but he kills his fifth victim in between this time. And he's living with his grandmother again, because after he was arrested, he moved back in with her. And this time with his fifth victim, he actually preserved his victim's head and genitalia in acetone. Okay. So this is the first time he's like really saving body parts yeah um then he moves out again and kills his sixth victim raymond smith once he killed smith he took photos of him in suggestive positions and then dismembered him but he did keep his skull so Dahmer continues with his skill- killing spree while also preserving and storing body parts by 1991, fellow residents in the Oxford apartments, which is where Dahmer was now living alone, repeatedly complained to building's manager of foul smells emanating from his apartment along with frequent loud noises like chainsaws and like hammering and beating. Yeah.
0: Oh my God.
1: Um, And I feel like I should note that Dahmer, these Oxford apartments were in a high crime, low income area. So I just think that, people didn't really care about the complaints or like when police were called, it was just frequently dismissed. Right. Um, so yeah. So when confronted Dahmer would always blame the smell on like having bad food or his fit, fridge being broken and meat would go bad. Um. Then one of Dahmer's victims, uh, S- this is a long last name. Sn- Synthesome.
0: Just I'm give me synonym. your best shot.
1: <laughs> I just feel bad because
0: no, I know
1: he is a victim. Synthesomphony.
0: So you just have to say it with confidence, <laughs> and then people will just nod. Synthesomphony. I, Synthesom- I
1: I can't. I'm gonna call him by his first name. Okay. Panera. Um. So one of Dahmer's victims was able to escape Dahmer's apartment after he woke up from the sedation. So I don't know if he didn't give him enough or what happened there. Um, and Dahmer had actually stepped away, left the apartment to go grab more alcohol when he woke up from his sedation. So when Dahmer was returning to his apartment, he saw, um, canary, canary. Yeah. Uh, He saw him sitting naked outside of the building with three young women, like very distressed surrounding him. And Dahmer tried explaining that the boy was his friend slash boyfriend and that he was just drunk. Like he acts like this all the time, but the women didn't care. They called the police. They were very concerned for him. Um, And the police officers did come, but they... They essentially believe Dahmer. So they let him return, take him back to his um, apartment. So this is actually crazy. So this is um, a minor. I did
0: know that because I did know that the police were notified, but they were like, oh, this is like gay business that we don't want to be part of, essentially.
1: Yes. So this was a minor. Um, I think they were. Kind of weirded out about the gay relationship. Didn't really know how to go about it. But he was, um, Kanoik was like very, he was acting very weird, of course, because he's coming off sedation. They were drinking. But also, Dahmer had drilled a hole into his head and poured acid into his skull. So he was like all sorts of messed up.
0: Oh, my ah.
1: Yeah, so... I don't even know how to process that. Yeah, so police are weirded out, but they don't do anything. They just think, like you said, it's some weird, quote-unquote, gay shit going on. Yeah. Um. But Dahmer would go on to kill him and kill four more victims. So then in the summer of 1991, one of Dahmer's victims, Tracy Edwards, was able to escape... Um, again Dahmer's apartment Flag down police and actually bring the police back to Dahmer's apartment to be like this guy is trying to kill me um, and this is when the police discovered the disturbing Polaroid pictures that Dahmer would take of his victims after they were deceased and they were like okay this is too far so then they kind of start poking around and that's when they opened too far
0: <laughs> yeah. That's too far. Yeah. It's too far.
1: <laughs> like this is too far. This is weird. So they start poking around, and that's when they open a fridge to find a freshly severed head of a black male on the bottom shelf.
0: Holy shit.
1: So obviously, Dahmer is apprehended immediately. And after a more detailed search of his apartment, the Milwaukee Police Police's Criminal Investigation Bureau revealed. A total of four severed heads in Dahmer's kitchen, seven skulls found in his bedroom, two human hearts, portion of arm muscles, an entire torso in the freezer, and a bag of human organs. They also found two entire skeletons, a pair of severed hands, two severed and preserved penises, a mummified scalp, and in a 57-gallon drum, three further dismembered torsos dissolving in acid solution. This was all f- found in his one bedroom apartment. Um after being arrested, Dahmer waived his right to a lawyer and confessed to murdering 16 young men in Wisconsin and one man in Ohio. And Dahmer would later go into detail about his process of necrophilia and dismembering the bodies. So this is essentially how they know so much today because he cooperated with police officers and <clears throat> not that not that I have Any remorse for Dahmer. I just find this part interesting. Yeah. Is that when he's caught, like they open the fridge, they see the head, they arrest him, they like throw him on the ground. Dahmer said something like, I should be put to death for the things I've done. So essentially, he knows he got caught. He doesn't try to argue with it. He knows what he did is bad, which is what is so fascinating to me. He has remorse. He thinks he should be sent to the electric chair. He, like, asks for the electric chair, but that the death penalty was um, not a thing in Wisconsin at the time. So that is, like, what is so, so, so
0: interesting to me. He does have remorse because I feel like there's a difference between, like, having remorse and, like... just like acknowledging that like you're doing the wrong thing. Like you can know that something's wrong, but still not have remorse about it, but does he have yeah. remorse about it? Like, So maybe like, he doesn't quite have... Essentially like feeling bad. Like you can, you can do something that you know is wrong, but not feel bad about it.
1: It kind of teeters because he knows it's bad. I think he has remorse for the victim's families. Like he knows what he did wrong. Maybe it's more just like recognizing... But when in prison he does become like very immersed in his faith and goes to church and yeah, I know, eye roll, Jethur's eye okay. rolling your eyes. So I like I don't really know, but it's fascinating to me. He's not really trying to blame anyone. He takes full responsibility for it all.
0: Does he say why? Just because of his absolutely messed up sexual fantasies, or like why? I don't
1: know. He, cause his dad is like trying to get him to um, plead guilty of insanity. So he's like trying to get more psychologists. And this is why I'm like, not sure if he was really ever diagnosed with anything. Although you can be diagnosed with mental illnesses and not be like insane. And Dahmer is like, I'm not insane. Like I didn't do that stuff because I was insane. Like, I knew what I was doing. Wait, it's just,
0: is he still trying to do... Is he still alive?
1: No. Oh, okay. Um, but he but was like
0: was trying to do that. Yeah,
1: as they're preparing, going to trial, his dad's like, you can plead insanity. Like, tell them, you know, you blacked out, whatever. And Dahmer's like, I, I'm not insane. Like, I knew what I was doing. It's just... It's just... I was, a- I was acting on these fantasies. Like, I know I shouldn't have, but I did. So... It's very strange. Yeah. Um, And I think Dahmer's mother and father really struggle because I think they do feel a lot of guilt as to why he became this way and was it them and all that stuff. Um, What about the the grandma? Um, I didn't really read much into that. I think she was like pretty – um, not doing well by the time he was actually arrested in like her old age. So I'm not really sure how with it she was, how much she actually knew if she ever even learned what he did. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, so essentially Dahmer was charged with 15 counts of first degree murder and was later charged with one count of first degree murder in Ohio. Dahmer wasn't charged for, if you remember, the first guy in the hotel room's murder because it couldn't be proven without reasonable doubt, and he, like, didn't remember any details, so. Got it. Um, Yeah. Um, Dahmer was ruled to be sane and not suffering from a mental disorder at the time of each of the 15 murders, He was found guilty and sentenced to life imprisonment plus 10 years upon the first two counts of murder. The remaining 13 counts carried a mandatory sentence of life imprisonment plus 70 years. Three months later, he was tried in Ohio, found guilty and sentenced to a 16th term of life imprisonment in Ohio. Dahmer would later die in prison after an attack from a fellow inmate. Uh, So he was murdered in prison. And that's the
0: story. Jeez! (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's the scoop.
1: I know. I learned so much. I thought I knew a lot about him or like everything.
0: I just like knew there was body parts and I knew Wisconsin and I knew Notorious, you know, like he he was Notorious, but Yeah. yeah, it's just so much worse than I thought yeah like,
1: um when people mm-hmm. say
0: like like who like who's your favorite c- serial killer it's like I, I know they don't mean it that way they're yeah. like who are you most interested who's by like yeah. who intrigues you the most like, what's the craziest but like still it's like it kind of sugarcoats it it's like no it's actually so much worse than than you think
1: Yeah. So, you know, me, like I have no issue, like watching true crime stuff. Like I look at crime, I will look at crime scene photos. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't necessarily like seek them out. Um, But I will say watching the Netflix thing, I was eating dinner and watching and I had to stop the show.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, I feel like that says a lot for me. Like it was very disturbing at times. I mean, the whole thing is disturbing, but I feel like it takes a lot for me to be like, I I can't do this right now. <laughs> right, and um, I definitely
0: talk about like flushing whatever down the toilet, and I was like, mm, yeah, that show's not for me.
1: Pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I had like someone ask if they'd recommend, if I'd recommend. I'm like, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, like, yes. But if you're just like, oh, is it any good? Should I watch it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No. <laughs> it's not stranger things. <laughs> no. no, it's very real and disturbing. Yeah. Oh, um,
1: so, yeah, I just want to say, I know I didn't list all of the victims and I do kind of have an issue with, you know, naming the person who, you know, did the horrible things and not naming the victims. I was just really trying to cut it down. You can find all that information. It's all very, very tragic. A lot of them were underage, which adds just a whole level of disgust. Yeah. Um, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, really sad and just heartbreaking and gross and horrible. And yeah. I can't say enough about how disgusting. <laughs> so many adjectives, yeah. But really good job telling it. Um, it's, it's something that will not leave me. <laughs> yeah I shall share my story now (laughs) as a smooth transition I feel like I was
1: talking for 40 minutes
0: there's (sighs) so much out there too like uh, with a serial killer like that where it's like I mean I mean you could talk for days and people do (laughs) so Mm -hmm. good job condensing thank you So my story is short and sweet and it's a little palate cleanser and it is also from goodnewsnetwork.org, which I discovered after you did your story last week. (laughs) I was like, okay, yeah, this is nice. (laughs) So this is about how NASA smashed a spacecraft into an asteroid to yeah—saving humanity. (laughs)
1: Saw this on the news.
0: (laughs) Yes recently nasa celebrated the complete and utter destruction of one of their spacecrafts and normally this would be a weird thing to celebrate because these are very expensive things but it was humanity's first real world test to see if they could alter the path of an asteroid if one were to ever be discovered heading towards the collision of earth so the double asteroid redirection test also known as dart (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> RT was sent into the solar system to strike an asteroid called Dermophis. Dim- sure. Dimorphis, sorry. Demorphis, which orbited a large rock called Didymus. So mm. neither of these e- posed a threat to the Earth. It was just the perfect testing candidates. So they chose. Oh, I didn't it.
1: realize that.
0: I thought there was like some little threat threat. yeah no this is just like to test our capability in case yeah so the investigation team will now observe dimorphous using ground-based telescopes to confirm that darts impact did indeed alter the asteroid's orbit around didymus so essentially like didymus is the earth and then Mm dimorphous is like the asteroid in like the test scenario Researchers expect the impact to shorten Dimorphos's orbit by about one percent, or roughly ten minutes. Precisely measuring how much the asteroid was deflected is one of the primary purposes of this DART test. So, knowing that the outset, or knowing from the outset, that DART would be a suicide mission, they equipped it with only three things: a solar system navigation tool, a very sophisticated ca- camera, and a little Klingon cube satellite that was developed by the Italian space agency called mm-hmm. ASI. Um, so the pictures that the sophisticated camera took are expected to be beamed back to the earth over the next coming days. So it's kind of cool that like ASI, the Italian space agency and NASA were working together on this. Yeah. DART was the first mission of NASA's new Planetary Defense Coordination Office, a division that exclusively works to defend Earth from objects that could send us in the direction that the dinosaur is headed. So the planetary defense is a global unifying effort that affects everyone living on Earth. So that is why like NASA and Italy were working together on this. Mm-hmm. Um, One NASA employee said, now we can aim a spacecraft with the precision needed to impact even a small body in space. Just a small change in its speed is all we need to make a significant difference in the path that the asteroid travels. So the asteroid pair um, traveled within 7 million miles of the Earth. The global team is using a dozen telescopes stationed around the world and space to observe them. Um, so essentially like just keep and watch. Yeah. Over the coming weeks, they will study how effectively DART deflected the asteroid and the results will help us validate and improve scientific computer models critical to predicting the effect- effectiveness of this technique as a reliable method for asteroid deflection to save us from heading the way of the dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's super cool. Yeah. I wonder how much money was spent on it. (laughs) 30,000? 30,000? Way more than that. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, I would love to know, like, the statistics on, like, like the chances of that happening. But I guess it it probably did happen way, way, way back in the dinosaur Mm -hmm. era. So it is probably a good thing to invest in um if our planet can make it that far without yeah
1: wishful thinking nasa
0: (laughs) not not to turn this into a horrible story but
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's really cool though just like how science is and i don't know just how like be how we go beyond the earth i don't know i really don't love space like if they were like free rides to the moon check (laughs) it out i'd be like no
0: I don't I don't need to go to space either like I'm not like so interested in that I'm just more like I'm kind of fascinated by how huge space is like I like thinking about that because (laughs) because that I'm like I am literally just a tiny little speck of sand on a tiny little rock and like my anxiety does not matter
1: I think I have the opposite (laughs)
0: issue what
1: i don't know (laughs) where you're like it's like what is life yeah that's what i mean like
0: it doesn't matter it's fine
1: but then it makes me depressed (laughs) okay
0: i think of it like the opposite way like everything's so fine like nothing matters (laughs) okay (laughs) anyways (laughs) i'm glad we had
1: this talk good story
0: like sometimes like i drive around and i like look at houses or whatever what
1: we're still talking about it (laughs)
0: yeah it's causing me anxiety okay sorry this is like more of like a humans are cute type of thing okay like you know how sometimes we think like um like ants like building their like little houses and like bringing sand back to their families to build their house yeah the little sand hill is like cute sometimes I think that way about like human life where I'm like driving around I'm like looking at houses I'm like look at everybody just like built a little community and like they're just like in there washing dishes like how cute is that that's fair and then, like, when I go to weddings, I'm like, how cute is this? We just have this, like, little ceremony that's, like, so traditional that everybody's doing.
1: Two little aunts getting married.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's anyway. a better
1: way to phrase it.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I hope I didn't cause too much stress. This was <laughs> yeah. a happy story.
1: <laughs> no, it is cool.
0: Good for us for being successful. Um yeah, like us in our cute little space mission. (laughs) Like a little thing to destroy an asteroid. (laughs) Another tiny little rock. Another tiny little rock that we just like bumped. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Just frame everything in your life as being like so cute or like ew gross. And your life will be better. (laughs) Good. Good plan. I like that. I like that better. It's um, the it's the Alexis Rose the Shits Creek version of life. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is.
1: Um, just warning everyone: this episode was a little rough. So if just <laughs> cut us some slack if Jenna doesn't edit all the terrible parts out.
0: <laughs> we did have a few coughs and a few dog barks, and <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, my bad. No, no, all good. I think, you know, it's a few good stories and a good way to look at life now. Moving forward, don't be stressed. Nothing matters and everything's fine. Exactly. <laughs> so with that in mind, have a great rest of your week. Thanks for coming. We love you and stay happy. As
1: happy as you can be. Bye. Bye. I'm sorry.
0: No, I'm sorry if I made you stressed.